0: Hello, and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Let's On The Decks. This is the show where we explore the mechanics of the music industry through intimate conversations on creativity and through biographical explorations of the lives of some really iconic artists. While a lot of the women I've explored throughout this series have worked in film or TV in some capacity, very few have done both with the consistency and execution that today's artist has. In 2002, she became a household name among a whole new generation after being cast and receiving an Oscar nomination for her performance as Matron Mama Morton in the film version of Chicago. Quite an achievement for someone whose first role in the entertainment industry was as a rapper, and a bloody good one. Queen Latifah is often considered the ultimate hip-hop feminist, and throughout the next 15 minutes or so, I'm going to show you how she did what she did. Why I want everyone to be inspired by her now, and why we should pay homage. This is a lesson in fortitude by Queen Latifah. Ladies,
1: gentlemen. listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls with Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Going, we on fire from London for the world. Let's go
0: in. In 1970, in Newark, New Jersey, a young lady became the second child of Rita, a teacher, and Lancelot, a police officer. They had a happy home, and Dana, the girl, and her brother Lance were best buds.
1: Growing up was good for me. I mean, especially the initial years of my life. You know, I had the model nuclear family. Mother, father, brother, sister, dog, you know, Life was good for us and it wasn't a rich, rich living and it wasn't poor, poor living. It was just like everything was okay.
0: Dana's a bit of a tomboy and spent most of her time with her brother Lance, just doing what kids do. Dana, if you haven't figured out, will become Queen Latifah at some point. She had a mum who was a guidance counsellor as well as a teacher. And I think like many brilliant stars, the lessons her mum taught her have been the foundation of everything she's gone on to do in life so you could see her background as a fairly safe but humble start with rock star lessons built into it. Her parents divorced when she was nine, which was heartbreaking for her. However, she maintained really good relationships with both her mum and her dad. She was a determined and ambitious child who loved performing. Her first star role was as Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz in an elementary school play, so I think she would have been about 11 or 12 at that point and she received great praise for her delivery. And then she did something which I wish I had done as a child, and she took that praise seriously. She took it as a win, a sign, and it gave her the confidence to want to move forward in that industry. While she was in school, she started singing in her spare time, wherever or whenever she could. Then when she was in her mid-teens, she discovered a different type of communication through music, which really changed things for her, something which inspired her in a different way.
1: Rap fed my soul, you know, it's like gospel, that, that type of passion.
0: I mean, hip-hop just moves me. Dana met a young record producer who went by the name of Mark the 45, and they formed a bit of a crew. A friendship group, really, but rather than hang out in the park, they'd hang out in one of their parents' basements and just create music. After a few years of doing this together, one of the sessions they recorded of a cypher-style record was sent out to various labels and people of influence in the rap world. It made it into the hands of Fab Five Freddie, who at that time was the host of Yo! MTV Raps. (laughs) Whoa, big deal. When he listened to the tape, Dana really stood out to Freddie. She was still in high school at that time, but she had a presence and a star energy, which I think largely is a combination of confidence, focus, and self-belief. Through Freddie, Dana got connected and then eventually signed to Tommy Boy Records, who as a label are also credited for launching House of Pain, which I personally hold against them as my early like, days in clubs, I feel like were haunted by whenever the DJ would play that song, Jump Around, and all the guys would start jumping. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Tommy boy. Anyway, by the, time, by the time Dana was signed, she'd spent the best part of five years with Mark 45 and others working down in that basement. So while she was young, she'd already put in hours and hours of work and development. You never get to skip that. Dana adopted the name Latifah as her rap name. Latifah means delicate and sensitive, which I think is interesting. Perhaps it indicates that she sees herself that way, despite the confidence and persona that we see coming from her. Latifah launched with the album All Hail the Queen. A confident name, am I right? The album was released in 1989 when Latifah was 19, and the feminist messaging set a foundation for who Latifah would be as an artist. One of the most famous singles on the album, and still to this day, was Ladies First, featuring Moni Lowe. It charted well on the hip hop chart, but not particularly well on the mainstream charts in America. And that kind of made me think about how hip hop has become so pop now that you don't get the same degree of separation between those charting positions as you did back in the late, in the late 80s when it was bubbling. This album made Queen Latifah famous, and she was famous before she was rich. On that, she is now one of the richest women in hip-hop with an estimated net worth of $70 million. Having always been ambitious, I think what set Dana up for success is the time she took at these early stages to really hone her ambitions and be crystal clear about what her path looked like as an entertainer. I
1: remember we were in London. This was 89. And we were sitting in the hotel room, Dana and me. And Dana saying... I want my first gold album by this. I want a television show. I want to make films. I want to do this, this, and this. And she wrote all of this on a notepad.
0: She followed All Hail the Queen with her second album, Nature of a Sister, in 1991, which was released again by Tommy Boy Records. And by this stage, she was officially Queen Latifah. On the album cover, she sports a Cleopatra-style African headdress and jewellery. Almost signifying or perhaps for stating the impact that she was going to have on the world of music and entertainment. She also had quite a following at the stage as a voice in hip-hop that was different to a lot of the other voices. From the beginning, Latifah's lyrics were about inspiring and energising people. They were positive, uplifting and empowering, a long way from a lot of the associations people might have to rap music. You know, it wasn't guns and drugs and knives at all. The album explores respect, self-assurance, humour and intelligence. The album was praised critically, but Latifah was dropped from the label afterwards with low sales cited as the reason. It makes you realise why people might get nervous around an album release. I think there's something about the second album which is really hard because there is that sense of expectation, but without the launching or the talking point of it being your debut. Latifah noted that people wonder why girls don't go platinum, but a lot of the time we don't get the same money for marketing and promotion, and that's just a straight up fact. So, yeah, if audiences don't know an album's been released, then they're, they're unlikely to go and buy it. They say it takes on average something like eight times to see something being promoted before you end up listening to it or clicking through. And that's when the marketing money really comes in handy.
1: You know, one of the things that I faced as a young artist was marketing dollars. The same amount of marketing dollars that would be spent on one of my male counterparts wasn't usually spent on me. Um, I know several female rappers that that happened to at that time who had to fight to get those marketing dollars spent on them in the same way. So it's harder to be as successful when you're not being treated the same way as your male counterparts.
0: Unfortunately, the dropping out of that deal came before an incident which was of much greater impact on Tifa. She'd always been savvy to the world she was in and cautious around the relationships she had within it. Her brother had been her best friend since childhood, and that rock who she knew she could always rely on. He went into the police force, but after she'd made a bit of money, she bought him a Harley Davidson for his birthday. When he was out on it shortly after he'd, he'd got it, Lance got hit by a car and was killed as a result.
1: Everybody else is prospering around me. Everybody seems to be doing fine. So life is okay. You're just missing your left arm. You know what I mean? Your, right, your left leg and your toes. That's, that's life
0: for me. I'm about to cry now. <laughs> it's something no one wants to ever have to experience. What I do really want to take a moment to pause on is how she responded to the death of her brother in a work sense. The reason I think this is key is that through the past two seasons and with the episodes upcoming looking at the journeys of artists like Foxy Brown, I've learned how the way you manage your emotions can kind of make or break your career as an artist. She channeled any energy she had into work and wrote and recorded her next album titled Black Rain. It was written through a lot of pain and kind of a suction of joy, the absence of the joy that she had from the energy of her brother. But she still did it. I think the pressure or discipline to work when you go through personal challenges is often seen as some kind of escapism in a negative way. But what I found from both exploring many artists and also from my own experience is that work can be the most appropriate thought form of therapy and distraction. So those who go through pain and detach from work as a result tend to be impacted more than those who embrace their work and lean into it. Black Rain and that's rain like a queen rains, not like the sky, was released in 1993 under the infamous Motown Records. This was the album which delivered one of the great female empowerment rap anthems of all time, U-N-I-T-Y. Go and listen to that song. It's kind of annoying to hear that she was making that music and spreading that message then about unity, about sisterhood. And yet here we are nearly 30 years later and we're still having the same conversations. That album, Black Rain, sold gold. She followed it up with her final album under Motown called Order in the Court, which has an amazing album cover with Latifah wearing a crown of flames. This album had features from Apache, Lil Moe, Faith Evans and Cisco. So she was at this stage fully penetrated as a mainstream chart-topping hip-hop megastar. The album was dedicated in part to the passing of B.I.G. and Tupac. She released four more studio albums between the years of 2002 and 2009, showing how consistent she was as an artist in creating and releasing music. Interestingly, her biggest selling album was a jazz album she released in 2004, which she titled The Dana Owens Album. It was an album of covers that showed her ability as a singer in a very different space, I actually, I don't know if you're familiar with the DJ Black Coffee, but I was hearing a conversation with him recently where he was talking about his first album was a remix album, and everyone said that was a terrible idea. But actually, people love remixes and they love covers, they love songs that they that they know being taken into a different space. She followed it up with a rap album with features from Missy Elliott, Cool Andre, and Dre, and Buster Rhymes. So that was always rap was always her her favourite and her core. There is so much in Latifah's career, so I'm going to kind of stop the chronology at this point and just get into some lessons. The first light-level lesson is about consistency. I know Queen Latifah's name because of that consistency that she's had. She's remained in the world of entertainment since 1988, and that's over 30 years of relentlessness and evolution in an industry which doesn't offer you natural progressions.
1: How you you feel about yourself affects everything you do. And if I feel that I'm a million bucks, everything that I do will say I'm a million bucks, you know. But if I feel like I'm nothing, then I'll do things that will reflect the way I feel.
0: A key part of why she's been able to do that as well is because of the quality of messaging she delivered in her lyrics and her intentions as an artist. Their intentions and messaging for all time, not for a moment. Tommy Boy Records actually uploaded loads of her music to YouTube two years ago, showing the demand for it now, and the legacy that she's maintained through the quality of that output. The next lesson and key takeaway from this queen connects to legacy. To be someone that the icons of today, like Nicki Minaj, look up to. It's about work ethic. She says she works at least 12 to 14 hours a day, every day. Do you work that hard? The next is that shit things will happen to you, and it's how you process and overcome them that makes the difference. There was a shootout in a club she was performing at in early days. She lost her brother, and she was the victim of a carjacking incident, which terrified and really, really marked her. She had to find a way to get beyond those. Next is about influence. Queen Atifa is very aware of the influence she has on people, and she owns that. She isn't an artist that runs away from it and says, oh, I never asked to be a role model. She accepted that that's exactly what she could be. Another lesson is about courage. You can have ambition and talent, but without courage, you won't make it.
1: Oh, just keep going, you know? I mean, move forward. You know, you have to be courageous to, to accomplish your goals. There are times when you will have to stand alone. And because you believe in yourself even though people don't see it yet. And then you surround yourself with people that are moving in the same direction. You know, drop anybody who's a negative naysayer. They don't you don't need them in your
0: life. And you heard there as well the final lesson from Latifa. Drop anybody who's a naysayer. Protect your space, protect your energy by being specific about who's around you. Thank you Queen Latifa for being a role model always for acting with integrity, knowing your own worth and letting us learn from what that really looks like. Your fortitude is something worth embracing. And thank you guys for listening. I hope your years is off to a good start. You're feeling inspired and you're ready to get things in a good place for yourself. See you next week. What up, let's let's ah. We keep our eyes on the prize, it's no surprise. Good women we're destined to rise. Yeah. Inspiring, celebrating, yeah. uplifting the new generation. All Some yeah. hot girls, you know the vibe, yeah. or you know the, yeah. the hot girls come alive. All the hot girls, you know the vibe, yeah. all my hot girls come alive. Yeah.